touching the DJ mixer and I could no longer feel the buttons. I'm like, oh, that's strange. And then I touched the record and I could no longer like feel the record. Even though I'm physically touching the record, I couldn't feel it. I'm like, well, this is very strange. This is a, a bit peculiar. All of a sudden, I felt a numbness go across my, the left side of my face. And at that moment, I realized, oh my God, I think I'm having a stroke. I always remember the, the Be Fast posters that I've seen like all my life. And I'm like, oh, I think this is what's happening right now. I was suffering a lot of migraines at the time. Like I would just have these really massive migraines. And I think they were induced from all the, just the bad dieting. I was drinking a lot of soda at the time. I was drinking a lot of uh, coffee. I was having a lot of Red Bull and a lot of fizzy drinks. And my blood sugar was just through the roof all the time on top of the pressures of life, the pressures of making sure you make ends meet. I was taken very quickly. Thankfully, the hospital that I got taken to was only a few miles away from where I live and it's our local stroke center. So they were pretty much prepared for the situation. So, you know, I went straight into ICU and they gave me a COVID test and made sure I was fine. And this is in the peak of the pandemic, you know, where every everybody was isolated. It was very interesting. I'm Mark Goodyear, and welcome to the fourth season of Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. An intracerebral hemorrhage is when there's bleeding inside your brain. The symptoms can progress over minutes to hours and can include headaches, difficulty speaking, nausea, vomiting, weakness in one part of the body and raised blood pressure. In this episode, we'll hear from Alex Mendez from San Francisco, Alex suffered a stroke at the age of 41. Before the stroke, I was a full-time professional DJ. I pretty much traveled around the United States playing at different events. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic and COVID-19, everything shut down back in March of 2020. So I ended up spending the majority of 2020 indoors as much as the rest of the world. And unfortunately, uh, that sort of led me to a lot of uh, bad habits, including a lot of eating fast food and delivery, uh, the takeaway, and I stopped working out. So I sort of let myself go, even though I was uh, now instead of DJing outside, I began DJing inside and I was uh, streaming. I've been streaming ever since on Twitch. Unfortunately, I fell into a a rut in in a sense, because before when I was outside, I was able to work out, you know, and not eat as much. So I sort of let myself go and I ended up putting on a lot of weight during the year. And December 30th, 2020, that was the day that everything changed for me. I was actually uh, broadcasting live on Twitch. I was actually DJing for my one of my shows and I was live on Twitch when uh, the stroke began. I was playing some records and uh, all of a sudden I'm like, started feeling this weird tingly sensation go up and down my body, um, especially on my left side. I was touching the DJ mixer and I could no longer feel the buttons. I'm like, oh, that's strange. And then I touched the record and I could no longer like feel the record. Even though I'm physically touching the record, I couldn't feel it. I'm like, well, this is very strange. This is a, a bit peculiar. And then all of a sudden, I felt a numbness go across my, the left side of my face. And at that moment, I realized, oh, my God, I think I'm having a stroke. I always remember the, the Be Fast posters that I've seen like all my life. And I'm like, oh, I think this is what's happening right now. 
thankfully I turned off the camera and I sent my audience to a different channel so they weren't worried about me. I didn't tell them what was happening. At that point, I, I sat down and I pretty much collapsed on the floor. Actually, where I'm sitting at right now, I pretty much collapsed. I could no longer move. It was one of the most surrealist moments of my life ever. The fact that I'm laying there telling my legs and feet to move, my hands to move, and nothing is reacting. Really, really, really scary. So I felt like for a minute or two, I was between life and death. And I began having a conversation with my own self, I guess my own conscience. And I'm like, is this it? Is this is the end? You know, I started seeing like the most important parts of my life flash before my eyes. And, and I told myself, oh, man, I can't believe this. Is this really it? Is this really it? I don't know what happened, but I heard something telling me, hey, it's, this is not it. You're just going to have to learn things the hard way. You haven't fulfilled your life's mission. I'm like, okay, so what now? All of a sudden, I hear myself yelling at myself. So it's my own voice, but yelling at me like, you're not going to die on the floor there, are you? You better move. You better get to that door and get some help. So somehow with all of my might, however, I was able to crawl from where I was laying down to my door, which I'm looking at right now. And I banged on it. And thankfully, my brother was in the other room and he opened the door and was able to summon the emergency services. Had that not happened, I wouldn't be here right now. So it's been quite an interesting journey ever since. I knew my health was deteriorating, but like most adults, we just ignore it. You know, I've suffered from high blood pressure the majority of my life, hypertension, obesity. I had those risk factors. The biggest thing that I learned since then was I was suffering a lot of migraines at the time. Like I would just have these really massive migraines. And I think they were induced from all the... Just the bad dieting. I was drinking a lot of soda at the time. I was drinking a lot of uh, coffee. I was having a lot of Red Bull and a lot of fizzy drinks. And my blood sugar was just through the roof all the time. On top of the pressures of life, the pressures of making sure you make ends meet and you're able to help out your family. Uh, You know, everything just kind of collided all at once. It was a, a big change in lifestyle needed to happen if I was able to go forward from that moment. Medics were quickly able to reach Alex's home. I was taken very quickly. Thankfully, the hospital that I got taken to was only a few miles away from where I live, and it's our local stroke center. So they were pretty much prepared for the situation. So, you know, I went straight into ICU, and they gave me a COVID test and made sure I was fine. And this is in the peak of the pandemic, you know, where every, everybody was isolated. It was very interesting. They said that a blood vessel burst in my brain and started bleeding into my brain. And um, intracranial hemorrhage is what they called it. It was just surreal. Everything happened so fast. All I know is when I woke up, like the next day after, uh, looks like I was in surgery, I no longer had those, those migraines anymore. For like the last like two, three months, I was suffering from these massive migraines. And for the first time I wake up and... I didn't have a migraine anymore. And I'm, I, I just remember the relief I felt. But then knowing, you know, like half of my body is no longer working anymore. My whole left side was affected at the time. So I couldn't walk. I had to relearn how to walk. I, I relearned how to walk in the hospital. And uh, the hospital staff was really cool. And they took very good care of me. And I think the scariest thing I underwent was two MRIs. I learned that I'm not built for uh, confined spaces and noise. It's just very scary. It was at the end of the year. It was I was in the hospital by myself going into New Year's for 2021. 
I feel for me it was a rare opportunity to face all of my fears, everything that I was scared by myself, pretty much all this trauma, all these fears, all these years of baggage, emotional baggage, physical baggage, everything collided at once. So I was just there in the hospital by myself trying to put it all together. But uh, thankfully in the hospital, they had an actual therapist there who would just walk me through it, you know, tell me what you're going through, you know, tell me what's going through your mind, what are your fears, what's happening, you know, because my concern was my family more than anything, you know, because I live with my brother and my sister-in-law and we all take care of each other. And I felt like I, in many ways, I felt like, man, I really let the family down because now I just added another burden to them. I was quickly told, you know, not to think that way. Sometimes things like this happen and you just got to push forward. But yeah, I mean, I spent eight days in the hospital and uh, the American hospital and medical system is really a mess. So I, I sort of got a crash course in how things are handled. If you have money or if you have health insurance, you know, the, the differences. But thankfully, I was able to navigate through. A lot of people came on and support. One of the people that I work with at a nonprofit organization I work with out here, we're called Beats for Hope. Uh, she's actually a nutritionist, so she really, really helped guide me as far as dieting and supplements to take and you know what I need to do. Since I was going to not be able to move so much in the first few months, I'm really blessed where I'm at right now at this point. Coming up, the impact that Alex's stroke has had on his work as a DJ. Even though a year later I still continue to recover, I believe this recovery is going to be lifetime from here on out. My approach to life now is health first for everything. Even my career as a DJ, I have to be strategic about events that I played. Uh, I still haven't played anything out yet outside of my home, but I have to be very careful and mindful you know, of the venues I work with, events that I'm going to be working at, and that my health takes the first consideration. You know, I can't just overdo things. Yeah, one day at a time, but here we are. And what loved ones can do for a stroke survivor. Just open communication. You know, it's very, very debilitating. You know, you're, you're left really fragile. You can't do much, you know, and it can be tough on a family. You know, I can imagine. Just keep the, open, the lines of communication open and whatever they need, just be there for them. Let's hear how Alex progressed through his recovery. I mainly had to find some assistance. So I have a doctor who just made sure that generally, you know, my general health was taken care of, that I, you know, maintained my blood pressure. And a lot of it was basically dieting and changing my diet. Like I mentioned before, I was eating three to four fast food meals or takeaway meals a day, everything high on sugar, everything high on salt just eating junk. And that was, I think that was the first main thing I had to do was diet, eat something at home, eat something sensible. So yeah, I was put on a low sugar, low salt diet. It was a bit tough at first, but I got used to it really fast because I mean, I went from drinking a bunch of soda to now just drinking water. And you could imagine when you eliminate, drinking about six sodas a day and you eliminate that immediately, your health's going to bounce back, you know, significantly. And I felt better. I felt eating all the junk food was really just keeping me sick all the time. So for the first time in years, I didn't have that. It was night and day pretty much. You know, my health just started improving immediately. I ended up finding a certified stroke specialist who helped me, you know, guide me through everything, you know, physical recovery, exercises, just different ways that I could try to improve my health. It was mainly my shoulder 
my left shoulder and arm that were affected, which to me, it was a bit of a burden because with my DJing, as I've been doing it for almost 30 years, for the first time in my life, I couldn't play out. And unfortunately, even though I'm a right-handed person, I DJ with my left hand and all the movements are with my left hand and shoulder. So it really plagued my mind for a few months there that I wasn't able to touch the turntables or play music. Anytime I would move the record, it would just be painful. So I just thankfully through the therapy and everything, I was able to get my skill back through this whole recovery. I had my good days and my bad days. I was dealing with a lot of pain management, the majority of 2021. It's basically having to rebuild from the ground up and having to explain to people what a stroke is. That's probably one of the biggest lessons I learned is explaining what a stroke is. The majority of the populace doesn't know what a stroke is. So just having to explain things to people like if they were children, you know, I always tell people it's like when we used to have Windows computers and you would get the blue screen of death. That's literally what it felt like, like your system just crashed and you're just left in this purgatory before you start the computer. That's really what it feels like. And when you put it in those terms, people are just like, oh, that's horrible. I spent a good part of last year, 2021, just explaining life you know, after stroke, taught a lot of people that I know in my industry, you know, in my industry, I work in nightlife and a lot of people use drugs. A lot of people you drink alcohol and, you know, I'm pretty much the opposite at this point. I, I don't drink. I haven't drank this entire pandemic. I don't do drugs. DJ lifestyle is sort of a rock star lifestyle, like that fast lifestyle of eating whatever, drinking whatever, doing whatever. It catches up to you eventually, you know, and it caught up to me in the worst way. So I think it opened up a lot of people's eyes like, well, I'm not going to sit here and preach to people, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't do everything, but just uh, be mindful and, you know, moderation is important, especially as we age. But something to party when you're 24, 25, when you hit 40, you're changing. Even though a year later, I still continue to recover. I believe this recovery is going to be lifetime from here on out. My approach to life now is health first for everything, even my career. As a DJ, I have to be strategic about events that I played. Uh, I still haven't played anything out yet outside of my home, but I have to be very careful and mindful, you know, of the venues I work with, events that I'm going to be working at, and that my health takes the first consideration. You know, I can't just overdo things. Yeah, one day at a time, but here we are. Alex thinks you should seek out help as much as you can. The stroke survivors, my best advice would be to definitely seek as much help as possible professionally, not just on the occupational and physical side, but also like mental help. There's a lot of trauma involved in what happens to us. When you lose your ability to do the simplest of things, it really takes a toll on you. I think that's sort of what helped me get through the recovery is that I had different resources. I was able to speak about how I felt. And thankfully, right now with the pandemic, the doors are wide open when it comes to mental health and speaking about how we feel and how past trauma affects trauma today. So I would suggest definitely try to get as much help as you can. Put some perspective into what's happening. Don't give up. My mantra is every day that I wake up is a blessing. You know, life is a blessing that most people take for granted. But for us, even though we do have to deal with pain and we have to deal with a modified lifestyle, every day that we're alive is a true blessing. So we have to remember that tomorrow's never guaranteed and we never thought this was ever going to happen to us. But just keep pushing forward. My advice for family is just to be very patient, you know, help out as much as you can. I mean, I think patience has a lot to do with it. 
it's a very stressful situation to be put in. I can imagine. I can imagine what I put my brother and my sister-in-law through. I tried my best not to be too much of a burden to them. You know, just be there. Be there for the person that survived the stroke and make sure to ask questions. You know, check on their well-being all the time because it can be really isolating. I, you know, I know for a lot of 2021, I pretty much was by myself. You know, even though I live with family, I just dealt with it on my own. I didn't want to burden them with what I was going through, but just open communication. You know, it's very, very debilitating. You know, you're, you're left really fragile. You can't do much, you know, and it can be tough on a family. You know, I can imagine. Just keep the open, the lines of communication open and whatever they need, just be there for them. After Alex's stroke, he had to completely revamp his lifestyle, including his daily diet and exercise routine. Thank you for supporting us at Stroke Stories, and please do subscribe and rate and comment on the episodes you hear to help us spread the word. And if you are, or you know of a stroke survivor, and there's a story you can share, we'd love to hear it, please contact via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Thank you.